0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Ray Misalana. If your God is not bigger, better, stronger, greater, if there's anything that's impossible for your God, you serve the wrong God. Let me introduce you to Jehovah. Let me introduce you to the God who saves. Let me talk with you about The One who created all things and keeps us in the palm of His hand even right now. If you don't know Him, you need Him, whether you realize it or not. Take your Bibles this morning turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Last week we we were working on the first part of this chapter. We were discussing the woman at the well and the, the title of the message was The Water in the Well. And the water in the well, of course, is eternal salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our hope. He is our help. He is the only one that can save us from ourselves, from sin, from death, hell, and the grave. He is all-powerful. He is bigger, better, greater, beyond our comprehension. That's our God. Let's read our verses of Scripture this morning together, and we're going to be discussing gathering the eternal. Gathering the eternal. Beginning in verse 27 of John chapter 4, God's Word says to us this morning, And at this point, His disciples came, and they marveled that He talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or, Why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Do, not say, uh, do you not say, There are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him Because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, but we for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. This morning we are looking at considering the gathering of the eternal. Let's pray together, please. God our Father, You are amazing in all Your ways. You alone are God. You have not only created us, sustained us, but we have a purpose for You. You love us, and You desire of us, worship and praise, obedience, fellowship. Lord God, we love you and thank you for that. And this morning, Father, as we, as we look at this passage of Scripture, thank you for what you are showing us. I pray that your Spirit will have free reign here and that it, He will move in the hearts and minds of all of us that are here, drawing us closer to you. And Father, this morning, we want to exalt our Savior. And if there is one here that does not have you as Savior, they're serving the wrong gods. They're serving the wrong things. Help them to turn to you, accepting Christ's sacrifice for them on the cross, and becoming a child of God. We love you, Father. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Gathering the eternal. And not Last week, we were looking at the incident where Jesus was sitting at the well, and The woman from Samaria came to the well and he asked her for water. He engaged her in conversation because he loved her soul. He wanted to see her redeemed. He introduced himself as the Messiah through the course of their their talkings. She said, we know that the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he's going to teach us all things. He's going to show us all things. And Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. He revealed Himself to her. And just after that, then we see in verse 27, His disciples came. And they saw the woman, but they didn't say anything about her. They had gone into the the town to buy some food, and they came back at that instant. So the very first thing that I wanted us to talk about was the woman leaving Jesus. So this is what she said. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see. She had a message for them. Now understanding who this woman was. She was an outcast from society because she had been married five times. And she was with somebody else that she hadn't married. So you got to know she was, she was cast out. The women probably talked about her because of all her indiscretions. And the men probably ostracized her because of her many indiscretions. So she was there. At a time of the day to where she wouldn't have to deal with anybody. But now, after meeting Jesus, she runs back to the town and she's grabbing the men. She's telling men about Jesus. Now listen, women weren't supposed to speak to men back in those days. It just wasn't what was done publicly. So at least in, in the, among the Jewish people, but you know, it may have been the same thing among the Samaritans. It was just out of place for them to do that. So she probably ran to the marketplace, maybe even to the council of the city. You know, in, in the Israeli parts or the, the, the Jewish parts, they would have a council at the city gate where they took care of a lot of business. It may have been even there that she went and she proclaimed Jesus. She said, hey guys, Listen. I've met somebody. I want you to see him. Come with me and listen to him. He has told me all things that I have ever done. Could this be the Christ? You see what she's done right there. All right, She set aside all abandoned. She gave up herself. The scripture says she left her water pot. But you know what else she left? She left her old life right there too. She left any kind of embarrassment or any kind of a pride. She left it all there with Jesus because she had met the Savior. Now, she runs and she talks to all these men and she says, Look, guys, you've got to meet him. Could this be the Christ? Excited about who she met, she left everything. She left her water pot. Now, understanding this was a very valuable piece of pottery, I mean, that's what she went to get water with. That was something she used every day. She wouldn't do it unless something was much more important. She left that, but she left also her old way of life. She turned everything loose. And she, when she came back to the city, she wasn't the same woman as when she left. Because she came back boldly for Jesus. And out of love... For those who had cast her out, she came to tell them about the Christ, the Messiah. She loved them enough to tell them the truth. She loved them enough to to seek to bring them to the one who could help them understand salvation and eternal life. To save them from themselves. Now she left her water pot, she left her old life, and she had a new boldness. She had a message that she wanted to convey to everyone. She had met somebody. And it wasn't just anybody. It was the one they had all been looking for. Now listen to what she had said earlier. She had said to Jesus, well, we know that the Messiah is coming. You know, everybody knew it because it was was a prophecy. And when everybody was looking for the Messiah, she met him here he is he said he's the messiah not only that he told her everything about he knew her intimately and she could feel that she could look into his eyes and tell hey he's not no jokester a prankster he's got he's the real deal he's the one when he spoke to her it changed it changed her so she went back in And she said, hey guys, you've got to see this. This is the one who loves you. This is the Messiah that we've been told about. He's there. Come and see. And there was this urgency about her message. She said, could this be the Christ? Yeah, she had had believed. He had already told her. And it changed her. But she went to the men... And she wanted them to investigate it in the way that it had been presented to her. She wanted them to come out and ask questions. She wanted them to come and see that Jesus could tell them everything about them as well. But there was an urgency about it. She said, hey guys, could this be him? If it is him, here's the thing. If it is him, then what are we going to do about it? That's the message. Hey, I've met the Messiah. If you want to come and see Him, if you want to come and and hear Him, come on. But you know what? When you meet Him, it's going to require a decision on your part. She was telling the, the guys, the men, and the whole city, Hey, He's going to change your life. He's going to change your life. Could this be the one that we've been waiting for? And if it is, what's he going to do? What are we going to do? Because he's supposed to change everything. He changed her, and she would say, he'll change you as well. Could this be the one who changes everything? Now let me just tell you, today, here, in this place, the same thing is happening. You see... We've got to make a decision on what we're going to do with Jesus because you know that Jesus is the Messiah. You know that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. You've read the book. You've at least heard what has been said about Jesus. And if it is true, it is true, by the way. If it is true, it demands a decision on your part. You can't just leave it alone. You can't hear that Jesus is the Messiah and then say, oh, well, that means nothing to me. Because guess what? It does. It means everything to you. It means eternal life or eternal punishment to you. The decision has to be made. Could this be the day that you give your life to the Lord? Could this be the day that you answer Jesus' call? Because you know He's seeking you, just like He sought the woman at the well. You can feel it in your heart right now. It's welling up within you, and you know that it is He that is dealing with you. I spoke with the men this morning. We were talking, and I said, you know what? The Holy Spirit will never tell you that you need to be saved. That's not right. I said that wrong. Satan, back up, back up. The Holy Spirit will tell you that you need to be saved. Satan will never tell you that you need to be saved. So if that's what you are hearing, guess who it's from? It's from the one who loves you. It's from the one who cares for you. And he doesn't mess it up like I do. One, but he wants you to be taken care of. He wants you to know his love. So what are you going to do? Are you, are you going to accept his challenge? Are you going to accept his love? Are you going to accept his eternal life? Could this be the day that you give your life to the Lord? We also talked this morning about... Trusting God with what light has been revealed to us. But then, later on in life, you come to a deeper knowledge of the Lord and also you have to make a deeper commitment to the Lord. You see, we trust Jesus to save our soul to start with because we need salvation. But then there's a sanctification process where it is we commit more and more of ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're supposed to do that once and forever, but you know, we have to grow into it sometimes. Sometimes. And when we give ourselves to the Lord, then He is pleased with us. And He teaches us how to follow Him more closely every day. So first of all, the lady, the woman at the well, went to the men and said, Come and see the Messiah. Now beginning in verse 31. In the meantime, His disciples urged Him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know, of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You see, Jesus was talking to them about gathering the harvest. Gathering the harvest, but also, he says, there's something fulfilling about obedience to the Lord. He was saying, I get my nourishment from obedience, from following God, and He takes care of me. Now, I was just reading this week about Moses whenever he went up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. It says that he was up there for 40 days without food or water. He came back down, and the people had sinned and, and made a golden calf, and he threw those tablets down and broke them. After a few days, he went back up on the mountain and stayed there for another 40 days and 40 nights without food and water. Who sustained him during that time? And who can live for 80 days without food and water? God is able to do the impossible. He is greater. He is bigger. He is better. He is unbelievable to us that he can accomplish all the things that he accomplishes. And Jesus says, you know, yeah, he was hungry. Yeah, he was tired from traveling. And thirsty, he asked for water. But he said the most important thing for him at that moment was to fulfill the will of God. Through his obedience. And listen. You'll never be happy as a Christian if you're living outside of God's will for your life. You know how you get in God's will for your life? Obedience to him. You say, well, I don't know where he wants me to start. Start right here in that book. And you you be obedient to what you know, and he'll show you other things where you can be obedient. Obedient. You see, we know enough about the Bible to know that we don't do right all the time. And when we turn back and and we seek God, when we start being obedient to Him, when we commit ourselves to Him completely, you see, then we're pleasing to Him and He blesses us. And He allows us to bless others. You see, it's that whole process. We get nourishment, spiritual nourishment, through obedience to the Lord. Jesus says, look... I've got food that you don't know anything about because I'm obeying God, and He fulfills me. Now, in verse 35 and 36, Do you not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Jesus says, you guys, you are my called ones, you are my disciples, my apostles, you need to be looking out on the fields and recognizing that the harvest is here. Are you ready for it? Are you re-? Jesus says, obedience is the key. And be looking for where God is working so that you can go there and join God in His work. It's right here. There's opportunities for obedience right here, right now. Every day that you go out, working, school, whatever it is that you do, there's opportunities for obedience every day. Are you receiving the spiritual nourishment through obedience to the Word of God? Through obedience to the Spirit of the Lord driving you along, leading you along? We've got to be looking. We've got to be ready for the opportunity To talk to someone about Jesus or talk to uh, or be obedient to whatever God is doing in our life. We need that nourishment. Otherwise, spiritually, we starve ourselves. There's nothing weaker than than a Christian outside of the will of God. Worldly people are stronger than a weak Christian that is disobedient to the word of God and that's what Satan loves to see is a weak Christian because you see what what Satan does is use them as a tool to discourage other Christians and to prove to non-believers that there's no benefit in Christianity Jesus says no, look out see see the work that needs to be done join in and help Bring in the harvest. He says, somebody sows the seed. Somebody uh, watches it grow, waters it. And then there's somebody else that may even come in and reap the harvest. It takes a team effort. It takes all of us. It takes the church of God to do that through obedience, through looking for where God is working and joining in. And then Jesus said in verse 38, 37 and 38, For in this the saying is true one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. First thing he said there was that, that they were sent. He says, I sent you into these fields and he is going to later on after his death burial and resurrection he is going to send them the great commission is go therefore make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit you see he is sending them even now he says i have sent you and i am going to send you into the world to gather the harvest a sent people and he says i sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Jesus says, even at that time, the fields were white for harvest. And He was desiring laborers to go into the field and reap the harvest. Hey, look, folks, you know what the harvest is for us as Christians? Other the Christians. Not that they are Christians we lead them to Christ or we bring them to Christ. We show Christ by the way that we behave and they desire that and then they want what we have. We need to tell them about the benefits of the Lord Jesus Christ. How he wants to not only save them from hell, save them from themselves, but give them the kingdom. What a blessing. We are sent to join in the work of Almighty God. He sent us out into the fields that He has prepared for us, and we receive the nourishment through our obedience spiritually. Gathering the harvest. And the first thing to do is just like the woman at the well. Run into the crowd and say, come and see. Come and meet my Jesus. Come and see who can save you. And now in verse 39 through 42. Beginning in verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me all that I ever did. The first thing that you see there is a spoken testimony. She went in there and she told them, This guy, he is the one who told me everything that I ever did. She says, All my adult life has been a mess. You see, I've messed up time and time again. He told me everything that I had ever done, but he didn't run me off in the process. He basically told, I love you, and I am the Messiah who's come to tell you and explain to you all things. You see, she knew who he was, and she ran out and she says, this is the one. Her personal testimony was of such that it drew the crowds to Jesus. She stood up and said, let me tell you what he told me. Let me tell you what he did in my life. You see, that's how you share your testimony, by telling people what Jesus has done in your life. And listen, Jesus will do many things in your life. You've got to have the eyes to see it. You see, sometimes he works in our life and we don't pay attention to it and we don't give him glory for it when we should because that could be added to our testimony. Uh I've got a bunch. I I mean, I want to share so many, but I (laughs) I know I do that sometimes a little too often. But guess what? You've got a testimony just like I've got a testimony. I've got a platform to share mine. You have a platform to share yours too. There's somebody out there that needs to hear what Jesus has done in your life so that they can come to know Him better. Be sure through this personal belief the spoken testimony that you are telling people about Jesus. What he's done in your life. You know, you might go into work one day and smile. You know, you might be in a really good mood. Somebody might ask you, why are you smiling? They want to know. They want to know what you've got. And you can tell them about the Lord or something that the Lord has done in your life that has blessed you. And what it will do will bless them, draw them into a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 40 it says, So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. We first had the spoken testimony, now we see them searching for the truth. A search for the truth. They came out to investigate for themselves. They came out and said, okay, this is what she said, let's find out for ourselves if it's true. And they sat there talking with Jesus, and they asked him, Hey, look, can you stay a little longer with us? Because we want to talk with you more. And Jesus stayed with them two days. And now, you see, they were looking for the truth. Guess what they found? The truth. He was sitting there among them. He was sitting there speaking to them and and preaching to them, telling them about salvation. He was telling them about the goodness of God and drawing them into a relationship with himself. He told the, the Samaritan woman that he was the Messiah. Guess what he told them? Proved to them that he was the Messiah. And in that, they said this in verse 42. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe. Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard Him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You see, what they found was the Savior. They sought the truth, and they found the Savior. Let me me just say this today. If you're seeking the truth, If you want to know Him, He is available here today for you. You see, there's a whole lot of untruth out there today. We're going to be talking about that tonight in our evening service, about how we need the truth. But the untruth that are out there seeks to darken the whole world, but the light of the world has shone upon men, telling us that He is the truth, the way, the life. So we come to the point today, just like the Samaritans. They went to the woman and said, guess what? We believe. Not because of what you said. I mean, you showed us the way. You, You initiated it. But guess what? We've come to Him. We've investigated. And we know that He is the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ. They had come to a knowledge of Jesus as Savior. They said they believed. This morning, we're gathered in here to worship Almighty God. We're gathered here not just to sing songs and listen to a sermon. We're here to grow closer, to draw closer to Him. And this morning, I want to. If, if you don't know Him as Savior, if you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this morning, He's moving in your heart. No matter how you try to avoid it, He's here. And He's speaking to you and telling you, yes, you're the one that I'm talking to. It may be just one this morning. It may be many. But who will answer the call? Who will stand up and say, I need Jesus? You see, that's what He's desiring. He's looking throughout the whole world for those who would humble themselves and receive Him as Lord and Savior so that He can save you and give you everlasting life in His name. You see, what they were about then was gathering the eternal. And guess what our purpose is here today? To gather the eternal. Those who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior have eternal life in Jesus' name. And it might be this morning that there's somebody that needs to accept Christ as Lord and Savior and then that receive the eternal only you can answer that we know that Jesus is asking for you today to meet him would you come out of the town would you draw near to Jesus and listen to the Holy Spirit and believe that he is who he said he is let's pray this morning My God and King, I love you. I praise you. Thank you so much for all that you've done for us, offering us salvation. And Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for that salvation. And as we are here at this invitation time, I pray that your purpose, your will be done. Lord, call those to salvation who need you. Call those to repentance that need to be repentant. Father, call those to your church who need to come. Whatever the need is, Lord, I pray that you will impress upon our hearts and have us to respond appropriately in your name. Lord Jesus, thank you. Amen. Would you please stand for a hymn of invitation this morning?